The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another exciting edition of the WCBA, powered, of course, by Evergy. First, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us, follow us. We truly appreciate you checking us out. Today in the house, eat is Cindy O. Yes, we are really excited. We have Bill here today. How's it going, Bill? It's going very well. Thank you. Yes. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, who I am could probably take more time than we have on this, but uh, the, you know we're not going to go into okay, that really right, right. too deeply. Uh, I'm the, the the founder and the CEO of Cindio Outsourcing, which is a Wichita-based company that provides HR outsourcing services to small businesses in the Wichita, Kansas metro area. That's what's up. And you, when did you begin this company? Twenty years ago, we celebrated twenty years in July. Wow. Um, I, I always tell the story. The reason I started the company is because I got fired from my previous job, <laughs> and uh, I worked for a similar type of company that was a national company and was a regional representative for them. And uh, we didn't really see eye to eye on what good customer service was. Their idea of my job was to go get business, and uh, being a, a commissioned salesperson, uh, I only got paid if they took care of my clients, and they weren't doing a really good job. So, being not a young man anymore, and knowing the difference between good service and bad service, I kind of called them to task and they didn't like that. Mm. They said, well, don't worry about that. You just go get more. And I'm like, go get more and what? Have them walk out the back door again? That That's not good business. Yeah. So we just parted company. And then I I had a choice of either starting my own deal and, and putting my money where my mouth was or going to work for somebody else. And, you know, at the ripe old age of 43, thought, you know what? I'm old enough to do this on my own now. So decided that that's where we're going to go. Wow. That and is so we did. That's a wonderful story. It's always amazing. You know, sometimes you need that kick, right, to, to start your own deal. And it worked out. Oh, yeah. It did. Well, you know, you never know how things are going to no, work out. Sure. Uh, the one thing that attracted me to the industry in the first place, I spent probably 15 years in the radio broadcast industry in sales and management and uh, in Wichita. And one of the things that uh, I, I liked about the industry I'm in now was the fact that while it was new to Wichita, it was not new to the country. Mm -hmm. So it would be like uh, if McDonald's existed everywhere else, but didn't exist in Wichita and you were the first McDonald's. Well, there's great opportunity there. Yeah. There's also a lot of education that goes on about what the heck is a McDonald's and why should we eat at your restaurant? But at the end of the day, it was, uh, it was really an opportunity for me to um, 
to, to take something that had been developed elsewhere. It was a new wheel. It was something brand new to Wichita, but it wasn't like I was inventing it. Right. I was just taking it from somewhere else and bringing it to the marketplace. And that was actually a real blessing in itself. So let's talk about that a little bit. So what what differentiates you? What do you guys do? Start there. What is it that you well, do? Well, if you think of if you think about an employee, if you're an employer, there are certain things that you do that really have nothing to do with your business. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you make something or you provide services to someone and you have employees, what comes with those employees or what we call the employer mandate. And what that is is you got to pay people. And there are laws you have to abide by to pay people, or so, you know, all the kinds of different things. Well, the government has said if you're going to pay people, you have to withhold their taxes for us. And oh, oh, by the way, you have to match the FICA and FUDA and all that stuff on behalf of the employees to give to the government on behalf of them. So you've got payroll and tax-related activities, and you've got to file taxes on a quarterly basis. Yeah. There's all these things that go on. And again, that has nothing to do with the company or what they do to make money. It's just it comes along with it. If you're a good employer, you also have benefits. Uh, law requires that you have workers' compensation, which is a benefit to the employees, but is paid for by the employer. Um, and over the last 20 years, we've seen an explosion of what we call HR compliance laws that have been passed on a federal and state level that really burden the employer with all these things they have to do that have nothing to do with running their business, but everything to do with being an employer. And what our arrangement does is we take that off our clients' plates. And say, you go do your thing, we'll do all this other stuff. And we've built a business that is basically partnering with our clients to take over the employer mandate for them so they can go do what they do best. That is a great way of saying that. Because there are a lot of things that you don't think about when you're starting your own business. And especially when you're, uh, you know, uh, a solopreneur, when it's just you and then you start to grow. And then you start seeing, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. now I have to do all these things things. What are these things, right? And so right. what what is your sweet spot of how many employees uh, does a company need to have? You you work with nonprofits too, right? I We've had some nonprofits in our, in, you know, we have a couple of nonprofits. Uh, because I'm a for-profit business, it's really difficult yeah. to work with nonprofits <laughs> because at the end of the day, they have a cost of doing business. But uh, we try really, really hard to take care of those that mean something to us. But at the end of the day, I, I'm a little bit of an anomaly in that my average client size is 68 employees. Uh, the average client size in my industry is 21. Oh, wow. Uh, it was really, really built for small businesses. What, but, but what I figured out early on was that it cost me the same amount of money in internal resources to take care of 20 as it does to take care of 75. But yet, I may not get four times the revenue out of the 75 versus the 20. But I certainly get 3.5 times the revenue with the same cost. Mm. So in essence, for me, it made more sense to go after larger small businesses than smaller small business. But what it really did was allowed me to to focus my energies on taking care of the clients that had a greater need for getting HR off their plate. When you have 10 employees, you can usually get by. It's cumbersome, but you can get by because the regulations are much smaller. But when you get to 25, 50, 75 employees, those regulations extrapolate to much greater time demands on your staff and and much more compliance issues that you have to have. And, you know, you start getting into OSHA and and all these other things that have to do with, you know, taking care of your employees. And and 
when you get larger, it becomes a, a very much a cost center of your business. You have to either hire people or hire a firm like Cindio to take care of this because you can no longer do it mm-hmm. yourself. I mean, it's too big of a problem. And our business model has been to work with clients that value their employees, that want to take care of their employees, that realize that the amount of resources they have to give to their employees to take care of this stuff is sometimes bigger than what they're willing to spend on it. You know, hiring an HR person, I'll give you a great financial example. Hiring an HR person that's really good that knows what they're doing will cost you between seventy-five and a hundred thousand dollars a year. And when I say cost you, I don't mean just their salary. I mean their benefits, their vacation, all these things. So you plug that into the equation, and that person just is themselves. They don't have any other resources other than themselves for that same money. But for a seventy-five person group, for the same money, I bring a benefits team, a payroll team. Uh, a risk management team, a full HR team, and I bring the systems that manage all of that as well. So in essence, for the same money, you get a whole team of people, Mm -hmm. a whole department of HR rather than a person. Again, the advantage of outsourcing is we we don't ever take time off. We're never on vacation. We always have resources to bring to the client that a single person just can't bring competitively. Uh, What we find in the larger businesses when you get to three, four, 500 employees is that there's two sides of the HR world. There's the real, what I call real HR, which is making the workplace a better place to work, which is dealing with the culture, employee engagement, recruiting, training, all of the things that are really good for the workforce to get better so that they can take care of their clients. But all the rest of it is what we call ad minutia. It is literally just the little stuff that goes on behind the scenes that one person can't take care of. Well, you get to a 300-person group, they're spending so much time on the ad minutia, they don't have to do time to do real HR. So we partner with those clients because they get all that ad minutia off their plate, mm-hmm. and then they can have their limited resources dedicated to things that are meaningful, which is really the purpose of HR is to have a meaningful place in your business. Yeah, that's great. Don? Excellent. Um, Cindio or Cindeo? Well, if you ask Greg Marshall, he used to pronounce it Sendeo, even though I That's told him <laughs> it, it is Sendeo. Okay. okay. How, what, what does Sendeo mean? How does that, how did that start? Sendeo uh, is the ancient Greek word for ally, hmm. friend. Okay. And we really looked at that as, as a good describer of what we are to our clients. You're a friend. Excellent. We're a you friendly have ally. A friend yes. In me. Uh, no singing, please. <laughs> um, you spoke about employees. How many employees do you have? Uh, I have, uh, it changes almost weekly. Right now, I think I have 54 employees. Most of them are based in Wichita. We have, we've got some remote workers out there. We've got one in South Carolina, uh, one in Arc City, um, one in Kansas City, and a couple others splattered around the Wichita area. But most of our employees are based in Wichita. Most of our clients are, all of our clients are Kansas based. Oh, wow. I say that we have, we have like five clients that are either based in Northern Oklahoma, have a little pocket in Ponca City that where we have some clients. And then I have some clients in the Kansas City metro area. So excellent. But almost over 90% of our clients are in the Wichita metro area. Um, and then also within Kansas. Excellent. They want to be in Kansas. They're inching their way. They're trying to get there. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Across the border there. You spoke earlier about culture. What kind of culture do you have at your organization? Well, culture is like the most important thing that I'm in charge of in the organization. And early on, I realized that in order for us to be a service centric business, which, you know, there are different kinds of engines that every business is, 
you're either a product oriented business or you're a service oriented business or you're in a lot of cases a sales oriented business a lot of people would argue that if you're in in business you're in the sales business which you are but it's it's what you choose to focus on that makes your culture who they are and i figured out really early on i was going to be a a service oriented service engine business and so i came up some with some rules early on that talked about uh who we are and it's really simple i tell every new employee on their first week with us they have a little meeting with me and i tell them we we only have three rules at syndio and they're very very clear rule number one is is that we get paid by our clients to take care of what is a problem for them so come to work every day ready to solve problems okay and rule number two is if you ever sweep a problem under the rug, you get one warning. Oh, Refer to rule number one. We get paid to take care of those problems. <laughs> and if you sweep them under the rug, they not only get big, they get expensive yeah. fast yep. if we don't take care of them. And then rule number three actually happened in my office one day, so I added it to the list, was if the words, that's not my job, no. ever escape your lips, yeah. you can't work at Cyndia. And part of the reason for that is... I, I was walking by a cubicle and a payroll person was talking to a client and she said, well, that's not my job. Wow, and then she wow, hung up. Wow, wow. And I said, I stopped. It really stopped me in my tracks. And I said, why did you say that? She said, well, they were asking me something about benefits. And I told them it's not my job. I said, but then you hung up. She said, well, yeah, it's not my job. I said, Ooh. what you just told the client was Cindy is not here to solve their problem in benefits. Yep. Not that you can't solve it. You told them Cindio mm-hmm. can't solve that problem. Right. So the, what what that client needs to hear is that's not my job. They need to hear, let me get you some help. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what service-centric companies mm-hmm. do. Not everybody's going to solve every problem, but we know where to get this problem solved internally. So let's help each other get there. So we really work really hard in our culture. First, believe it or not, we work really hard to take care of each other, get each other's back. If somebody has a problem and they can't solve it, get some help with somebody else in our company. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, is that we're there to take care of our clients. So if we take care of each other first, it allows us to take care of our clients better. And ultimately, obviously, we go to work every day to take care of our families, which is kind of why we go to work in the first place. So it, it, we really spend a lot of time and energy promoting taking care of each other and working <clears throat> to make sure that we can deliver the services our clients need and demand in a way that they are happy with us every day. I really love that second one. Can you repeat it one more time for Don? You know Take what? care of your employees. <laughs> See, you know, Bill, you probably dealt with SAS before. It's, it, it is yeah. what it is. These younger folks seem like there are more and more companies like yours or, I mean, like I, I hear more and more HR companies like yours getting into the space I mean, it seems like you're getting more and more competition. I mean, just like media companies, they'll they'll say, hey, you don't have to have your own media person. We can come with a media person, a graphics person, a this, that, and the other. Just kind of mimicking what the H- what you folks are doing in HR. Is that the way of the world now? You know, yeah, I think it is. And, and the reason for that is, is that when you really think about it and you start, I, I remember reading this a while back when, when Boeing sold their uh, facility in Wichita to Spirit, mm-hmm. everybody kind of questioned, what, why would you do that? And I think it was because Boeing did their own self-realization. You know, there's, I don't know, 100,000 parts in an airplane. Does Boeing build all of those parts? No. No. They outsource almost the entire building of the airplane. Right. And what they said in that, in that was that Boeing 
has determined that we are a plane assembler. We are not a plane builder. We take all those parts that are put together and then we assemble them into a final deal. We do the engineering, we do the sales, and then we assemble the final products from all of these different people to support us. And they just de determined that even building the fuselage was building and that that's not what they did well. So they outsourced it, in essence, to Spirit. Mm -hmm. But that also opened my eyes to the rest of the world. We outsource every day. Yes. All of us outsource every day. You know what? You don't have to go to the grocery store. You can grow and kill all the food you're going to eat, need to eat, and lots of people do that. But it's easier and more convenient, and life is better sometimes <laughs> because we go to the grocery store where it's easily attainable and get what we need. Uh, but if you look around you, it's almost like we have this entire lifestyle now that is providing services to people for things they either can't do or don't want to do or have no way of doing yeah. themselves. Excellent. So that's what outsourcing is. It's getting somebody else to do for you what you can or don't want to do. And if you look at it from those lenses, HR is the last, the latest to the table. Mm -hmm. But law firms, accounting firms, uh, banks, those are all outsourcing providers. Right. So it's a question of how do you view the world uh, with regards to utilizing outsourced uh, services to take care of what you need. The real emphasis to me on outsourcing is that it's always been around. It's always been more efficient and more effective. I like to say that there are a lot of people in my space in the world. They're not necessarily coming to Wichita, but they exist nationally. The biggest competition I have in the Wichita and Kansas area is status quo. That's it. It's how we've always done it. Why would right, we change right, it? Well, right. you know, the fact is, is that if you're not changing, you're dying. Yeah. If you're not growing, you're dying. You're you're not gaining, you're losing. So all these things come to play when, and, and I get most of my client leads come from either referrals or from clients that are going through a change that they didn't anticipate. They're losing their HR person. Right. Their benefits have changed and they don't like what they're seeing. Uh, they maybe have some risk management issues they don't know how to handle. These are all events that occur that open their eyes up to maybe there's a better way. Excellent. And that's when I can step in and say, let me show you our better way and the scale we bring to the table that allow you to continue on with your business and get better without necessarily having to change anything internally. You don't have to fire a bunch of people. You don't have to recreate the wheel here. Let me just help you get better by doing it differently. Yeah. Excellent. E? I love that. Bring solutions to the table. Bill, we're going to take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors, but we'll be back, friends, so that you can hear more from Cindy o. Seeing energy differently means continually working to drive energy prices down, even as costs around us rise. At Evergy, we're relying less on fossil fuels and more on renewable resources. We're investing in programs to help you use less energy, enabling us to decrease our rates over the last four years. Reliable, sustainable, affordable energy that puts you first. That's everything to us. Evergy, the utility company. At Coke, our Wichita roots run deep. As part of this community, we strive to build strong partnerships with local organizations and create opportunities for our hometown businesses and entrepreneurs. From teaching kids STEM to supporting community resources and funding grants for local educators, we're proud to support Wichita and the amazing work happening throughout our city. Interested in learning more? See how we do it at cokeict.com. That's K-O-C-H-I-C-T.com. 
Welcome back, friends. We're here with Bill and we're talking about Cindio. And so, Bill, we've been talking a lot about the business, how you got started. You've been here for 20 years, putting in work, finding solutions for, for clients. But why Wichita? Why did you decide to stay in Wichita? Well, I think the opportunity for me in Wichita was that the services that I was going to provide were unique to the marketplace. And, you know, competitive factors aside, when you go to a market that's completely saturated, you have to really exhibit something unique in order to be successful. But when you go to a market where it doesn't exist, it's a completely different set of challenges. We, we don't have the challenge of having, uh, you know, an HR outsourcing firm on every corner like they do in Florida. But we do have a challenge that nobody knows what we do. And so therefore, it's a different kind of conversation you have to have. But that's where the opportunity is in that it's, I'm not selling people on choosing me over somebody that does exactly what I do somewhere else. I'm I'm selling and trying to get them to understand why outsourcing will work better for them than doing it themselves, mm -hmm. which is really a different conversation. But therein also lies the opportunity in that once I get clients and exhibit the ability to do that and do it successfully, I don't have as big of a competitive factor of somebody coming in and trying to undercut price or say they can do it better for less or offering something more for less. I don't face those pressures simply because the competition isn't here for that. I, I'm sure eventually it will be. But the reason I chose Wichita is, from, you know, I'm from the area. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Augusta. I've been in Wichita since 1981. Uh, and it was home. And that's where the opportunity was and where my network of contacts were in the marketplace. And I just thought, you know, this market needs something like this. And who better than me to try to bring it to them? Nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and so we know that you're about, you know, networking and creating culture. So let's talk about your, you've been a member of the chamber for how long? Uh, all 20 years. All 20 yeah. years. Yeah. 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 So you've, the since you started the business, the chamber has been a part of your, your growth. It has. That's wonderful. So what are the resources and, you know, the, the things that you use from the chamber? Well, you know, the chamber represents a lot of businesses in Wichita, both large and small. And I think the fact that you, you guys are working to make life better for those businesses, I, I know that because I deal in a lot of compliance issues for my clients, a lot of times having a connection to the chamber to get things done in Topeka mm -hmm. is really important. And, and in fact, the chamber was very beneficial to my industry in 2014, uh, 2013 and 14, when we sought to have legislation that governs my business. Now, you, you think to yourself, why would anybody want to create legislation to govern yourself. That was, that was you know, be my everybody next question. Would, yeah, they try to avoid that. But here's the here's the issue. Because of the way that our system and our process and our business model works, we become responsible for a lot of things for our clients mm -hmm. that come with very hefty price tags. Mm -hmm. For instance, I, I'll give you an example. My company this year will do about eight million in revenue, which sounds like a lot, but I will run over half a billion dollars through my books on behalf of my clients. Mm -hmm. Well, name me one industry that takes in that much revenue that's unregulated. Yeah. They don't exist. Mm -hmm. And we thought, you know, the best time to get legislation is before there's a problem. Right. Let's get it on the books so that we can have input into it of what's fair and what will be good for the industry as well as good for employers and good for the state and good for everybody. And so we have sought to do that as a national movement uh, with our National Trade Association. 
And the chamber was very helpful in us getting that done in Kansas in 2014. And I, that's one instance. There's several that I could point to. But, you know, the ability for, to have a voice magnified through the chamber is really important to every small business. And to know that you have access to that. We, we, we love to use the chamber as a way to do better things for the community. But I will tell you, the chamber's biggest contribution to life in business in Kansas, specifically in Wichita, is the work that you do legislatively. Yeah. Because without that, we don't have the power as individual businesses to get as much done as we need to. And sometimes we're on the flip side of that where things are trying to be legislated that are detrimental to us. And having the chamber's ability to be the collective voice for all of us is really, really powerful and and more importantly, very important Mm -hmm. for for those in the small business. So if if only the chamber existed for legislative, Uh that would be a reason to be there. But I think there's so much more the chamber does, obviously, from a marketing standpoint, from a, a community involvement standpoint. There, there's so many other things that fall under the, the umbrella. But the most important work that to me that the chamber does on behalf of business is representing business in Topeka and sometimes even in Washington. And and that's that's not something we can buy on our own yeah. as small businesses. And having that power is, is really, really beneficial to the market and why I've been a member for all these years. I, I would agree. That advocacy piece is, man, it's, you're, you're spot on. Everything you just said. I love it. I wish we could just take that and like put it on a billboard. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. You know, what? what's, I guess my question to you is, you've been doing it for 20 years. What do you see next? What's what's happening on the horizon for Cindy? Well, I, I, I was sent down in Odyssey a couple of years ago by my executive team of, of what's life going to be like at Cindio after Bill? And I, you know, I didn't necessarily really have anything more than a one-year plan (laughs) and they were asking me for a 10-year plan. And, you know, that puts me uh, way, way into my seventies. And I thought, you know what, I I need to start thinking like that. So I went on this um, odyssey to find out what, what's the next 10 years look like for me and my family, as well as for the company. And what I came to was that if somebody, if I sold my company and somebody handed me a pile of money to just go away then what am I going to do with it? Well, the only reason I would do that would be for liquidity for my estate, for my children. And I happen to have two daughters that are CPAs and one of them is in the private equity business. And she said, dad, don't sell the company. Don't sell the company. Because when we are investing in companies, we're looking for people just like you to buy because we know we can help create more value. So why would we let somebody else create more value? Let's just do that ourselves. I said, well, Oh, okay. Smart. So you don't want me to be liquid. They said, no, no, no. We would rather, in essence, own the company mm-hmm. and be a board of directors and keep your management team engaged and keep the, the future of Cindio going rather than just handing it over to somebody else that probably won't have the same desire to take care of their employees as much as we do yeah. as a private owner. And I think it's one of my daughter's dreams to have a company like Cindio that she can take care of everybody around her and then be financially rewarded for that. But at the same time, that's not the focus isn't the money. The money's a byproduct. Mm-hmm. If you focus on taking care of your employees and taking care of your clients, the money comes. But if you start focusing on money, you start making sacrifices in taking care of your clients and taking care of your employees. And then the money's not as meaningful at all. And so they convinced me to keep the company. Let's set a 10-year plan of where we're, what we're going to grow to. So for the next 10 years, our goal is to grow the company uh, is to to grow the company from where we are today, which is about a hundred, a little over a hundred clients servicing sixty eight hundred employees, and to grow it out to three hundred clients servicing north of twenty thousand employees. Wow. 
That's our goal for the next 10 years. And we can do all that in Kansas. We can do it all staying where we are, right in our state, doing it in our backyard. Part of that Odyssey, the discovery process was that there were uh, 7,500 businesses in Kansas, which have between 20 and 500 employees. We have 100 of them. We don't need to go anywhere else to find business. It's right here. So let's just do a better job of getting more business in Kansas and taking care of more Kansas-based clients. So that's our 10-year plan. Uh, I don't see that changing any at all. It's really a commitment to us being better at what we do and helping more people. More people meaning more clients and more employees that can enjoy the benefits of being in an HR outsourcing environment and 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 seeing how well they that we can help their businesses grow and reach their goals as well. Let's stick with Wichita a little bit. You've been here for a little few years. What about uh <laughs> is there somebody in Wichita or some folks in Wichita you take inspiration from? Oh, they're all around me. Frankly, uh I, I, I have been really blessed to be to know a lot of people in Wichita that have um, sometimes given me some unsolicited advice, uh, you can, but it was always meaningful. You can name drop if you want to. That's cool. No, I, you know, I, <laughs> it, it, it's a, I, I'm a real big believer is that we're all in, 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 in the collective good in Wichita. Mm-hmm. And it's there were people that took me under their wing 20 years ago that had no business taking me under their wing other than they just wanted to help somebody be successful. Wow. That was their only motivation. Cool. They didn't want anything for it. They didn't want, they didn't want to be paid for it. They just thought, you know, this is my chance to give back to the guys that helped mentor me 20 years exactly. ago when I was starting. And that's what I, the p- position I find myself in now is that I've got people that I'm working with in, in, in the Wichita area and frankly, nationally to help mentor them and to, to, to kind of, give them some guidance on where they should go and what they should look at as they go down their road of discovery of being successful in their businesses. And, and, you know, for me to, to identify one or two or even three people, I can, I can tell you it's a collective group of people in Wichita that have been very, very helpful to me uh, in showing me things I should do and also things I shouldn't do. And it's really been, it, it is the community to me of Wichita that makes it so unique and special in that there are you're gonna you can turn around and find people that want to help you every day of the week there. Excellent. If only for the motivation of they just want to they feel good about helping. And as I'm getting into my golden years, I feel like you know what that's where the real that's what my drives me now is helping others. Yeah. I could I have everything else in life I could ever want. So the ability to have that luxury allows me the the opportunity now to say I'm gonna give back mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna do things for other people with nothing as a reward nice. other than simply giving. And I think that's what makes Wichita great is that we've seen generation upon generation of businesses go through this same cycle. And you find us, the old guys out here doing this, and we're willing to help all the young folks and we're willing to tell them, Hey, that's not a good idea. Uh-huh. And here's why. And and it's not because we really have an interest in good or bad ideas. It's just because we want to tell the truth. And sometimes when you're a young entrepreneur, hearing the truth is really what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. Correct. And it's, it is our obligation to them to be truthful and to bring our collective wisdom to them. And it's just, it's, it's a real charge. We always learn as adults when we see our kids at Christmas, it is so much better than to give than to receive. It just is. Yeah. And when you get to the place in business where you can do that on a bigger basis, it's really very rewarding. Nice. It really nice. is. I've been trying to get Ebony to do that, and it's just been, it's a you tough gig. 
It's a tough gig, so it is what it is. Which one, to listen or to give back? <laughs> to <Because> give back. <laughs> and to listen, now that you mentioned it. Thanks for adding yeah. that. Um, one more question before we move on. What can Wichita, what would you like to see change in Wichita? You've been here quite a while. It seems been good to you. What? But what can be? What yeah, can you know, it's, it's, al- it's already changing. Okay. We've seen a resurgence of community pride coming up. I, 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 I don't have it on now, but I had some shirts made that are the Wichita flag. And, I, and, and in that little center circle where they have the lines crossing, I put my Cindio logo uh, in there. Nice. And I gave those to all the employees. And I said, anybody wants one of these, I'll buy one for you. Nice. Because I want, I, I, yes, I love to promote Cindio, but at the end of the day, I love to promote Wichita. And I think the, you know, the downtown uh, arena, the baseball stadium downtown, these revitalizations are all community oriented. And it is really important that we continue to do those things. Uh, you know, we've, we're seeing a reversal in our talent pool being drained by going to other markets, by more entrepreneurs bringing uh, talent levels back to Wichita. Coke Industries is a great example of the, recent, the retention of talent talent in our in our market but you know cargill same way they they do a lot all of our aircraft companies do a lot to retain talent in wichita and i think that what we're seeing changed is it it, that might not have been there 20 years ago when i started is this sense of community that we didn't have then we were always complaining about everything but we weren't really doing anything about it and uh now we're starting to see that we take what we need to make better, and then we go do something about uh-huh. it. Nice. And the revitalization of the downtown core, the bringing in of new businesses that that help us to keep the talent, those are the things that as a community that we're doing a lot better now than we were doing 20 years ago. And I think if we keep doing that, we will just continually evolve. Change is inevitable. It is not something you can avoid. It is going to happen one way or the other. Uh, So you just have to get on board with what's going to be the best solution for us individually, as well as a community, and try to come up with ways to to make things better for our community. And the chamber is obviously at the front of that. But as a community, we have to embrace that. Change is just inevitable. And if you're not part of the change, you're part of the problem. Excellent. And it's better to be a part of the solution than it is part of the problem. So get on board and let's figure out what's best for everybody and then go. Let's do it. No better way to end this segment. You got another question? No, it's time for some Uh. word association. (laughs) You ready? Are you ready? You've dealt with Ebony long enough. You need (laughs) to be rewarded. So (laughs) here we go. We're going to do word association. I give you one word. You give me one word back. It's not wrong because it's your word. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Leader. Passion. Success. Relative. College. Needed. Okay. As long as you didn't say K-State, we're good. (laughs) They're doing great in football, though, so I got to give it up. Failure. Learning. Entrepreneur. Visionary. Nice. Wichita. Home. Vacation. Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> I had to wow. stop on that. Michigan. Can we ask why? Is that where you're from? Sure. I, uh, my wife's granddad built a cabin on the lake oh. in 1949, and we went up there every summer for years. And five years ago, three years ago, we built our own place oh, on nice. the lake in, in northern Michigan. That, so we spend a lot of the summer up there. Does A lot of the summer. Okay. okay. So you're not yeah. one of them. Oh, that's Minnesota where you go and drive on the ice and cut a hole in the ice. No. And, okay. And you, I could, I could <laughs> out my back door, but I don't, you don't. I, okay. I don't go up there in the winter. E- no. Excellent. Wichita chamber friend. 
family? Uh, one word. <laughs> Priority. Nice. Good. Fun? Always. Last but not least, and you got to tell the truth on this one, beverage. Uh, tea. 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 He went tea. I was getting ready to say it didn't have to be PG-13 up in here. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean... I, I, I'm not I, I'm not a teetotaler uh, by any stretch, but my 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 taste buds are so wide and varied that it's I couldn't narrow it down to one. Down. I couldn't say wine or beer or I mean, there's all the different ones within there. So excellent. Well, anyway. Ebony could, but yeah. we'd be here a long time. Thank you, Bill, for uh, hanging out with us today. Yeah, we appreciate. You're welcome, you. guys. This has been really. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely, I appreciate it very much. Well, friends, we've come to the end of today's segment. If you would, please like us. Make certain that you make a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know who you'd like to hear from next. Till next time. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.